Here is a transcript of a conversation between a three-year-old and their grandfather. Help put your toys away, please. No. Come on, Aaron. Please help put the toy away the toys. No. Tell you what. Uh, uh, if you help me put away the toys, you'll get a treat afterwards. I'm tired. No. You're stubborn. No, I'm not stubborn. Oh, yes, you are. No, I'm not stubborn. Do you know what stubborn means? No. Stubborn is when you won't do what someone asks you and you won't change your mind about. Oh, I am stubborn then. In that way, many of us are like that three-year-old grandson. We are grown-up toddlers at times who are just more subtle about our stubbornness and our rebellion. And, and here's what we do sometimes. We, we come to a fork in the road in our lives and we weigh up our option and then we choose the road that feels that's best to us at that moment. That path may not be the best path for, path for us, but as soon as we figure out what we want to do, we put our minds to work out, uh, to work figuring out reasons to justify our decisions. Have you, have you ever done that? Gone like, okay, I really, really want to do this, so I'm going to come up with all the good reasons to do it. And, and sometimes, like, that's not a bad thing, but sometimes our heart is very much about meeting our own desires. I would say there's been many times in my life when I've done exactly that. I found something I wanted to pursue and I pursued that and I'd never prayed about it because maybe maybe I just totally forgotten and I wasn't seeking what God wanted. But I, I know there have been some times in my life where I've gone, I'm not going to pray about this because I've got a sneaking suspicion that God is going to tell me something else to do. So if I don't ask him, I can at least plead ignorance. Oh, God, I didn't know. And God will see right through it. But in my mind, it sort of makes sense. So we, the thing is, we actually work harder on reasons to justify sometimes our bad decisions and choices instead of working harder on the actual choices and decisions themselves. And, and what we find as we've been exploring this series, what, who remembers the principle that we looked at in week one? Your... Okay, for those who weren't here, you get a pass. For those who weren't, I will go back and preach the last two weeks first today. Okay, so your, okay, direction. Okay, Tony gets to go home early. The rest of you are staying behind. Now, your direction determines your destination. What doesn't determine your destination is what you hope for or what you wish for or what I planned for but didn't actually follow. If you want to wake up refreshed in the morning and you go to bed at 1 o'clock, it's not going to happen. You may be out of function. You may feel better after you've had that fifth coffee. But if you have a plan going, do you know what? I'm, I'm so tired at the moment. I'm just going to go to bed early. And all of a sudden, you hop in bed and all of a sudden you're... Oh, Facebook and opens up and TV's on or something else is happening. And, and all of a sudden, you are wide awake. But it happens in other areas as well. 
and and we get to the point where our, our our direction determines where we end up but people are walking along the path of their life and you go how did i get here this is not where i wanted to be this is not what i thought life was going to be and then this question comes out or this it's not even a question it's, it's a question with a kind of a jab why did god let me get into this situation in the first place God, why did you allow this? God, why did you make this happen? Now, if you are more spiritual, more mature than I, maybe you've not asked that question, but that question has come up in my life before. God, why, why, why am I here? Why is this happening? God, and then I listen, God, haven't I done all this good stuff for you? God, why is this happening in my life? Andy Stanley, the, the guy that wrote um, The Principle of the Path, he said, our, pro- our problem rarely stems from a lack of information or insight. It's something else, something, something we don't outgrow, something that another academic degree won't resolve. Our problem stems from the fact that we are not on a truth quest. That is, we don't wake up every morning with the burning desire to know what's true, what's right, what's honourable, we are on a happiness quest. We want to be, as in feel, happy. And our quest for happiness often trumps our appreciation for and the pursuit of what's true. So when, we, when people ask this question, why am, I, um, why am I on this wrong path? There's actually a couple of reasons for that. The first reason is our heart is on a happiness quest not a truth quest. And secondly, our heart chooses the happy now rather than the happy later path. Almost every time. And and the thing is, we can see it happening in our lives. If you look hard enough, you can see, and it, this may not be every time, but it happens often enough. Anyone ever been worn down by the constant asking or tantrums of a child? It just becomes so hard. You just go, I give up. I'm going to give you what you want. You want more chocolate? Here is more chocolate. You want to stay up late? Stay up late. You want to take out food? Here it is. I, I, I'm at the shop. You want a toy? Here's all the toys in the, in the basket. You've, you've, you've broken me. Why? Because we want enough of their whinging, their crying, their demanding. What about snooze buttons? You set a snooze button in the morning or alarm in the morning to get you up. Some of you may set an alarm in the morning to get you up so you can read God's word and actually spend time with him. But we get the principle here comes like, especially at the moment you wake up, it's a bit cooler in the morning. I'm going, these blankets are actually doing a really good job. And if I can just reach out and avoid too much cold air, I can actually press snooze on my alarm. For me, it's real easy. I just have to swipe my watch and I can go back and lie down. And so I can actually choose the happy right now so easily and say I can stay warm in bed and drift off back to sleep and really I can catch up with God later. I can catch up with God later. Now, do you know what? I know if I spend time with God in the morning, that is going to do me better than an extra half an hour of sleep. It will, every single time. Now, and I'm not saying just reading my Bible. I'm saying spending time with God. If I wake up and go and just read through a passage and I don't remember it and I move on with the rest of my day, well, that's not really spending time with God. 
You, you imagine um, husband and wife talking in their lounge room and the husband is focused on the football. His wife talks for half an hour. Do you know what? They haven't communicated. They haven't spent time together. We do that with God sometimes. So we, we, need, to, we need to sort of think, okay, there's no snooze button. Get up and spend time with God. Exercise. Robin Schiller shared this morning about her husband's principle of I don't want to wear out my heartbeats. Okay, you only get so many heartbeats in your life. And so all of a sudden we come up with a way of being happy right now instead of happy later. And, and the thing is, it's usually the second day of exercise that, that you really feel. Second and third. And so all of a sudden you get up on the first day, you're motivated, you run, you do weights and everything else, and everything's going fine. Maybe you're very tired at the end of it. Maybe, maybe your, your, your heartbeat's going really, really fast. You go, oh, yep, I've just lost a year of my life. But the thing is, you, you feel a little bit better, but then the next day hits. And, and sitting up becomes difficult. Or walking to the toilet becomes difficult because things are hurting. And so we end up going, do you know what? I want to be happy right now. I'm not doing that again for years. I've done my bit of exercise. What about saving money? We live in a world that promises happiness through things. And so you may be on a quest to save money for something way bigger. Then this, this applies at any age. My daughter Charlotte right now is saving her money for something that she's planned to get. And do you know what? You could walk into a shop and go, do you know what? Instead of saving for that thing, I'm going to get that right now thing. That's promise. And, and, and for us adults, it becomes even worse because I'm going to give you interest free. I'm going to give you this to pay with. I'm going to give you, you can have more and more stuff and it's going to make you happy right now. Well, first of all, we need to realize it's a lie that the world promises us. But secondly, it takes us away from that goal that we're moving towards. Maybe again, we, we get up to read our Bible or we plan to read our Bible before going to bed and, and all of a sudden something on the TV catches our eye. I wanted to watch that or I just wanted to watch something. Or something comes up on our phone and, and half an hour later we realize we, we, we've lost the time that we had to dedicate to that. And we aim for happy right now rather than happy later on. Now again, that may sound really harsh for some of us. Going, no, no, I, I, all my choices are, are right and true and perfect. That may be so. But I can only speak of my own life in this. Is that, you know what? This is an area where I struggle. I, I, there are things that I want, I want, but I choose something less because it's instantaneous. And so I, I do believe that this is an area that is important for all of us. As we said, we've been talking about this, this principle of your direction determines your destination. And this fits in very much with that because if we end up choosing stuff that makes us happy right now, most, of, most likely what it will do, it will take us off the path where God is leading us because we make little choices all the time. And we, make, we might make a hundred little choices and all of a sudden it puts us in a place where we are nowhere near the path God wants us to be. Last week we talked about that prudent people switch paths when they see trouble coming. They make a course correction, even though that requires more energy and determination than almost anything else on earth. The prudent see danger and take refuge, while the simple keep going and pay the penalty. 
And as we, as we looked at the passage that Noah read this morning, <coughs> we get to the point where we, are, we need to be able to trust God with all of our heart. And sometimes we need to trust God with our heart more than we trust our heart for ourselves. We need to say, God wants us to do this, and I go, I want to do this, and God trumps it every time, and I'm going to do what God says. But I think, even if it's not in our attitude, it is with our actions at times, we say, I trust God, but then I go, I trust my own heart, and our actions take us this way. And what we are saying to God if not with our thoughts, but with our actions, it's saying, God, what would you know? This is, this is perfectly designed for me. This will make me happy. And God's saying, I know what will bring you joy. I know what will bring you lasting joy in your life. Follow the path I have for you. And the thing is, and when we looked at that, those verses that Noah shared, um, when we trust God with all that our heart and we, we don't actually trust our own understanding, all of a sudden he makes it easy for us to follow him. He says he will make your path straight. So in looking at that, according to Solomon, God will make your path straight if you do three things. So the question is, how do we make our path straight? One, trust in the Lord with all your under, our heart. Lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge him in all your ways. Now, some of you have probably memorized this verse. You've known it for a long time. And when, I, when I've read it out today, or no, I read it out, oh yeah, I know that one. I've, I've read through that one before. And sometimes we, it actually breeds a little bit of familiarity with that verse. The starting place for a straight path is just what it says on all American money. In God we trust. It's a little bit ironic when you think about it. You put it on money and, and what do you end up trusting more than God? Money. You end up trusting more in money. Um, and, and often what we find is that what we need to do is money actually becomes a foundational trusting point in our life. We trust money and so we trust work. We trust in things. And God's saying, you don't need money. It's an inanimate object. Trust in me. And the th- and, and again... This past week, we've had a high school camp and a number of kids made decisions. And, and maybe you remember a time in your life when you, that was you and you made a decision and you kind of go, I became a Christian when... The, the problem is that doesn't determine the rest of your life. The path that you keep walking on determines your um, destination. The challenge is to not lean on what your heart says is right. Is, is not lean on what your heart says is right, not on what your heart wants to do. Not on your understanding of how luscious the weeds are growing two feet under the path or the strap hanging down in front of, of a stubborn mule that's pulling you off the path. How many times have you heard, just go with what your heart is telling you? Or follow your heart. We've all said that, haven't we? Last night, oh, yesterday afternoon, Liz and I were just picking up something to celebrate some birthdays last night. And as I hopped out of the car, it was nice and wet and cool. And it was right near KFC. And so the smell of the fried chicken and chips hits you. 
it creates a desire within you to go, oh, and and whether like you know what, most of the time I have KFC, I feel sick afterwards, but that smell of desire, that smells really good. And so at that point in time, if I followed my heart, even though we had dinner planned and ready to go some some other way, I would have ended up filling up on KFC. Because in that moment, my heart wasn't to be trusted. And, and, and Robin shared part of this verse before from Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. That means our hearts at times try and deceive us. Our hearts try and lead us astray. And, and the thing is, the world is great. And, and, and this is why this is the kingdom of the devil, because it creates desires within us that lead us away from God. And, and it happens in different cultures in a different way. Um, there was a book that I had to read as part of my reading as, as I was studying, and, and it was called um, Money, Sex, and Power. And basically the principle of the book was that if you have money, you can get sex and power. If you, if, if you use sex and relations, you can get money and power. And if you have power, you can get, to get the other two. And they all worked in together. And, and, and again, it, it portrays itself one way in the West and, and another way in, a, in, the, in the deep, darkest jungle because people want those things. I want more of those things that the world says to me will make me happy. And so our heart starts believing that. Now, do you believe that your heart lies to you? For some of us, you go, no, I trust myself 100%. And maybe that's why you're on the path that you're on. Your heart will lie to you because it'll be easily captured by the things of this world. Solomon knew that a heart was de- was deceitful. In fact, in the, at the end of his life, he caught up, got caught up even with the even though he knew that truth his heart got captured by things that deceived him and so when you come to a fork in the road you basically will get to a point where you will lean more to what you desire than maybe what's best for you now for some of you you have um as we've just sung i've i've surrendered my heart to god and so when i come to a fork in the road i know what God wants for me, and that becomes my desire, and a great that is a great place to be, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But we need to get to a point where we follow what Jesus spoke about in, in Matthew, in Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So what becomes the priority there? Seeking God first, seeking his kingdom first, and everything falls into place after that. Has anyone ever said to themselves, God, when, when this is right in my life, I'll give you more of my time. When this is right in my life, I'll give you more of my money. When this is right in my life, God, I will serve you. I'll, I'll volunteer for one of those things that Pastor Keith keeps pestering us about. When, when I've got my life together, when I've got all the things that I want in place, and the problem is a year goes past and there's all of a sudden there's more things in that barrel of things that I want. And, and it doesn't have to be physical things. Like you could be 20 and you've got your health, you've got your energy, but you want more money, so I'm going to work harder and I'll get to church eventually. 
And then as you get a bit older, you go, oh, I've, I've got more money now because I've got a job, but oh, you know what, my health, I need to get a bit fitter. So I'm going to spend more time doing that and I'll get to church eventually. And it just keeps changing. And as you get to a point, oh, I want more of this. And, and so that becomes a priority. Oh, my kids, I need to put more effort into my kids. And, and all of a sudden, years go past where church and more importantly, God becomes, he might be in your top 10, he might be in your top 50, or he might be, I'll get to you when I'm done. I'll get to you when I'm done, God. And and we have that expectation that oh, just one more thing and I will be happy, God, and I'll be ready to do all the things that I've promised over the years. Not realizing that we are going to live that pursuit of happiness all our life and we are not going to get there. But when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. When you make God number one and the things that God wants to do in you and through you and, and your participation in the church, all of a sudden, some of the things that you were chasing, they either have lesser importance or they disappear altogether. Or they fit in with what God wants to do. He actually uses those things. We need to acknowledge God and his ways and he will make our path straight. He'll direct you in the way that you should go. He'll protect you when when evil and junk try to crowd in on you. I want you to read this just um read this out loud with me this morning. Um it's um uh, Proverbs uh, 3 5 and 6. So if that, is that the next one? Because I just want you to read this out loud with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If you haven't memorized that verse, I encourage you to do so. But the thing is, has there been a time in your life when you've acknowledged God in all your ways, in all the things that you do? Many, as I said before, many of you have, have had a point in your life where you have trusted him for salvation. And that's kind of like inviting God in. But the thing is, we need to invite him into all of our lives, every aspect of it. And that will change in the different seasons of your life. Who here is in school at the moment? So... So for you guys, you've got to work out how God fits into your life at school. For all the people that didn't put their hands up, they are a little older. So they have a different season in their lives. And so you might be at university, you might be newly married, you might have a young family, your family may all be grown up. And you have to ask, God, how do I acknowledge you in all my ways in the season that I'm living? And it will change. In, in, in school, when you come to exams, it means studying hard and trusting that God will help you remember what you've learnt. When it comes to, to marriage, it's about trusting God and, and trusting Him for that right person, not for that right now person. As we parent, like again, we need to trust God in that process. Because you know what? Being a parent is hard work. To actually, it is, it is, the easy things to do as a parent is, is not always the best things to do. It's hard work to teach our kids a different way. 
to follow God's way, especially when the world's way is so prevalent around them all the time. They go to school and they, they learn things that are not godly. Now we need to teach them that. We need to put time and effort into doing that. We need to acknowledge God in all our ways and give all of our life over to him. The thing is, we need to actually override the happiness now bias in our brains when it comes to the deceitfulness of our hearts. And we need to override it with the perfect wisdom that God gives from his word. Here's a question I I want you to ask yourselves today. If you could strip away the self-deceiving reasons for your actions and be completely honest right now, what path are you on that you know you shouldn't be? But you choose to be on it because you wanted something other than to acknowledge God's ways. And this is the thing. This is a question for you to answer before God. We're very quick to defend our position. We talked about when we make those choices, we actually put a lot of effort into justifying our... And so, do you know what? You'll probably convince me. Oh, the reason I did this was because of this. And you'll have your reasons listed, top 10 reasons, and I've got more, but you only need the top 10, and, and I'll believe you. And you stand before God, and do you know what? If you are deceiving yourself, if you are trying to deceive God... God will see through it in a heartbeat. And so sometimes we don't acknowledge God. We, as I said, we don't go to God because we don't want God to actually say, why did you do that for? And we list our reasons. He said, they're rubbish reasons, aren't they? None of them make sense. Like, and and in, in none of those reasons did, is it listed, God asked me to, or God told me to, or I asked God about it and he said, yes. Or he said, no, where is that in your top 10? Um, oh God, I thought you'd be in agreement because we like this. I thought you'd trust my own decisions. And God says, but didn't I tell you to trust my decisions? Didn't I ask you to trust me? Now the thing is, we can lie to others. We can lie to ourselves. We can truly try and lie to God we don't get to lie to God we only try to lie to God the thing is though are you willing to be truthful with yourself and with God Solomon continues his thought about getting on God's path he says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your bones, body and nourishment to your bones. Do not be wise in your own eyes. After telling us the key to a straight path, the path you want to take, the path that will always get you from where you you are to exactly where you want to be, Solomon suggests three action steps to take us in that order to trust God fully and acknowledge him in everything. The three action steps are as follows. Number one, 
don't be wise in your own eyes. I've talked about that a little bit already. Don't think, I don't need to ask God. I don't need to seek him. I know he'll put the rubber stamp on this decision. One thing I've learned in reading the Bible, God does not always ask us to do logical things. It really doesn't. When I look at the Bible, some of the people that he employed to serve him were incapable. They were just... They were rubbish. And you can't go, what were you thinking? Like, oh, I, I, like I would have been like going, oh, God, like at least pick that guy over there and not this guy. But God, he, he, he's not concerned with people's ability. He's not concerned with people's like, um, like, are oh, they super skills and are oh, they great community? God is concerned about availability. If someone is sold out to God, God can use them. And and that's what happened throughout the Bible. There were people who were super available. And God was able to go, hey, look at what I can do through you. The disciples were not trained people. And God chose them to build the church. And so don't assume that, okay, I've got 50 years under my belt as a Christian. I know the answers that God wants for me. I'll choose anyway. And God, I know God's on board with that. We need to be in that constant relationship walking with him because we are on a path in our life to journey to where God wants us to be. And and this is the warning sign. Solomon, who wrote all this, left the path in his life. So don't think you've got enough answers to get you through. Don't think that you don't need to read your Bible because I've... I've been to church, I've got like a full report card of, of all the times I've been there and I've, got, I've done enough. Because walking with God is a constant reliance on Him. As Jesus said in the New Testament, you need to take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus never said you need to make a choice at church or camp or, or in your bedroom or with your parents and that's enough. He never talks about that. He talks about the constant walk we have with him. And in doing that, we will always be seeking his wisdom for our lives. Step two, we need to honor God's provision for you. Verses 9 and 10 of Proverbs, um, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new new wine. Sounds like getting a bit drunk here, but that's not the purpose of these verses. It's talking about saying, God, I can actually recognize your provision in my life. And because of that, I don't have to live for self. I don't have to live to a point. And, and, and we, we do it in heaps of different ways. And I like even in this past year, there's been times I've gone, God, I'm not sure I can trust you with what I have. And so what do you do when you can't trust God with your have? You hang on to it tightly. And there has been situations that's come up in the last 12 months where I've gone, God, I'm not sure how I can be generous in this situation. The, the thing is, that's not what God's asking us to do. He's asking us to trust him. He's not saying, God, when you make me a millionaire, you can give away $10,000. Like giving away $10,000, that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It'd be a lot for me. Because we would be living in the church if that happened at the present time. But the thing is, God's not waiting for us to be wealthy. God is not waiting for us to have super amounts of money. He's saying, I want you to trust in me and honor me with how I've provided for you. And that means we may give a little bit more in a certain situation. We, again, um, 
when it comes to tithing. We don't talk about tithing too often in our church, but tithing is one of those things that, again, if you are commanded to, we do it reluctantly. But if we actually think of all that God has done for us and and we seek to honor God, then tithing becomes something of the heart. And, And this is where the tension lies. We want more things, so we need more money. Or give it to God and let we build God's kingdom. And and the thing is, and this is what's great about the church, we can always trust someone else to do this one. They don't really need my money. We don't. And and the thing is, I'm not saying our church is is like that at all. Like I think our church is is a tremendously generous church. And, and you know what? I have been on the recipient of that. I've been a recipient of the generosity of people within our church. Of of being blessed at times. But we need to continue with that. We need to trust God when even we are doing it tough and saying, God, do you want me to help in that situation? And, and, and the thing is, again, in doing that, we're trusting God. We're then trusting God's leading and then we're trusting in God's provision for us that follows. It's important for us to honor him with in the way that and recognize how he's provided for us. Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The things that we value most, the things that we invest in with our life, and that includes our time, our money, our effort. Those are the things that through your actions will show what you truly value. Now, we could say, oh, yeah, I value God's great commission. I, I value the kingdom of God. And, and the thing is, if we live in a different way, your words become meaningless over the actions that you show. And so we need to make sure that what we value in our hearts is what God values. We need to make our hearts in line with him. The third thing we need to look at is we don't blame God for our pain. Verse 11 and 12 of of Proverbs 3, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Now, I want you to think back. For some, it won't be as hard. For some of you, it might be a bit of a journey back. I want you to think about a time that you were disciplined as a child. How much did you enjoy that? Anyone enjoy it? And I'm, I'm, for some people, they're thinking of either one or multiple times where they're going, yeah, I'm feeling pain in my nether regions right here, right now. I was punished for something that I... I I, I may have well deserved, and at the time, though, I didn't think that, though. At the time, I didn't see the benefit in that. The thing is, what we need to realize when, when a parent disciplines a child, as long as a parent is doing it in love, as long as a parent is doing it in a way that they need to, to grow and learn from that, there is benefit there. I look back on my life, some of the the values that my parents taught me through their discipline have benefited my life. Some of those same values now I, I pass on to my own kids. 
And so the thing is, sometimes things will happen in our lives. And then, and again, I'm not saying they're easy. This is not dismissing the, the difficulty of the pain that you are facing because if we do that, then the pain doesn't mean anything. We kind of just like got to, we're pulling our, our socks up and, and, and all of a sudden we're just going, I've just got to move on with it. And I don't think that's healthy for us as Christians to go to minimize the pain. It's not a big deal. Sometimes it is a huge deal, the pain that we are going through. But to acknowledge God in this and saying, God, okay, what can I learn from this? God, what, what, what are you teaching me about yourself? And the thing is, sometimes we don't learn it fully till maybe we're a little bit on the other side of the pain. But the thing is, what we realize is that God, hey, I went through that time. I went through that valley. In fact, in fact, my valley was so deep it went underwater. That's how bad my situation was. But you know what? I've come out the other side and I went, you were there holding me the whole way through that. But if we stay angry and more than point angry with God on the other side of it, we don't see that God was with us. We see God as the cause of our pain. And God may have allowed it, but usually when we go through pain, is because sin is in the world and sin is going through other people's lives and is affecting us because of that. Sometimes it's because of bad choices that we've made that we go through that pain. And we need to turn to God and say, God, what is in this situation for me? What is there for me to learn? What is there for me to experience? So it is with our heart. We need to get to a point where we trust God. We acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. We don't want to be wise in our own eyes. We want to honor God's provision for us. And we don't want to blame God for our pain. These are things that Solomon has suggested for us to enable us to walk on the path that God has for us. I don't know where everyone in this room is. I know some of your stories at the present time. Some people are at points of celebration in life. Some people are just going through the motions. Some people have are in, probably in the presence of really difficult situations still. But it doesn't matter where you are. These principles ring true. Don't be wise in your own eyes, even if you're in the darkest place possible trust in God if you are on a path where if you're in a moment in your life where everything seems to be just going and just going along normal continue to trust in God don't let your eyes don't let your heart fall in love with something else trust in God's ways let him be fill your heart with his desires if things are going well if things are you are a point of celebration in your life praise God for that don't sit down on your backside and say, I've made it. You are on a path and your heart is easily deceived by the things of this world. Our heart, like, again, who here likes comfort? Okay. Like, if you don't put up your hand here, you are a bit like, there's words for you, like, that crazy is one of them. Like, if you don't like comfort, like this past week, we sat in our team times and being slightly elevated in years over those who I was with, we sat out on the ground and without oversharing too much, 
I was uncomfortable because of the first few sessions we sat on the ground that I couldn't do it for the rest of the week. It became difficult for me. And when I got home, I put, I sat in the lounge chair and put my feet up in the recliner and went, this is fantastic. But my heart will say to me in my life, not just in my physicality, my heart will say to me, you need to seek out comfort all the time. And if I seek out comfort all the time, when I'm tired, I will shut my Bible. When I'm, I'm a little bit worn out from people, I will think of myself above everyone else. When, when I want something, my heart will say, you deserve it. You, you deserve to have more comfort. And the thing is, when I look at that, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have comfort at times in our lives, but if we choose comfort first and foremost every single time, our heart is lying to us and it will take us off, off the path God wants for us. You might be at a part in your path where you are going uphill. That is not comfortable. You are going over boulders and, and other things. That is not comfortable. You are trying to, to sort out situations in your life or help other people out. Those situations aren't comfortable. And this is where we can't trust our heart. We need to be constantly seeking God and his will for our life. And so it's something that we all have to do, me included. I have not made it yet. I'm still in that part that Jimmy was talking about of still breathing. I'm still breathing, and while I'm still breathing, I will need to acknowledge God and trust in his ways and not to trust in my own wisdom. Even if you are, because this is the thing, we kind of think, as I get older, I can trust in my own wisdom more. Don't believe that. Believe this truth, that you need to trust in God's wisdom for your life above everything else and let God transform you and transform your heart in the process. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for this time and the ability to trust in our own hearts is, is something that is a, a false idea. We need to trust in your heart. We need to trust in your wisdom. We need to trust in you. And Lord, I, I pray that as we journey each day, that our, not only our desire, but our action is to acknowledge you as we seek to follow after you and your kingdom, that we would seek the things that you want. And, and Lord, I know there will be difficult times and sometimes we shed away from that. But Lord, I, I also know that there will be blessings, blessings that come from you. And so Lord, instead of seeking the happy right now, Help us to seek the joy everlasting that will come in following you. I pray that you would help each one of us understand what that looks like for us. That you would help us to, to really invest in our relationship with you and enjoy the journey that you have for us. The adventure, the trust that we would build knowing that you are truly God in our life and we can trust you in all things and acknowledge you in all our ways. 
and you will make our path straight. 